0: Bridge Toll California customer service number Highway miles to the gallon Ford Focus Thailand Cave rescue operation What is schema F Best wine bars in San Carlos California Best Western Hotels How old is Ronaldo What happened with Big Brother what to good? Engagement How long give? before a wedding should I send out save the dates How many are in the first series Use of IMAP the NBA to playoffs. check mail on best other email clients Identify That's fonts from where to find Hobby the we Welcome to our January 2019 edition of the Winners and Losers segment on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to look back on this month and talk about some of the trends behind some of the biggest movers, shakers, and slackers in the SEO world. Joining us for Winners and Losers is Tyson Stockton, who was recently promoted to the director of Search Metrics' service organization, which means that he manages our SEO content and client success teams. Outside of shepherding SearchMetrics's largest and most strategic clients to SEO success, Tyson has been digging through some of SearchMetrics' suite's data to help you understand who's making moves in the SEO community. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. dot com slash a w t. Okay. Here's our monthly sit-down with Search Metrics's Director of Services, Tyson Stockton. Tyson, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks,
1: Ben. Glad uh glad to be back on again.
0: Hey, it's it's great to have you here. I'm excited to to kick off our winners and losers segment, something that we're gonna do on a monthly basis moving forward and uh, also very excited for you, the the big promotion. You now run a, a large portion of the Search Metrics organization. So uh, congrats
1: on the, on the new title. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a great journey. So really looking forward to uh, kind of this next chapter.
0: Awesome. Well, let's, let's dive into the data of who are some of the winners and losers for uh, the first month of 2019. And let's just start off by talking about what some of the data that you've looked at to try to understand who's making moves in the SEO community.
1: Yeah, and I think I like, think a this is an important piece because understanding like where the data is coming from helps put it in context. And for this, like we're we're primarily using our research cloud database and this database is roughly I believe uh, right around kind of like a billion keyword data set. And this is not specific to any one industry. So, like the objective behind this is to give this kind of bird's eye, kind of wide net perspective of what's going on in search. And so, when we were talking about this idea of discussing just kind of like a monthly winners, losers, who's going up, who's going down, um, this was the obvious kind of. Starting point for that data poll because we're able to look across multitude of industries, really understand like who's actually being impacted, whether it's like an industry shift, an algorithm change, uh, changes in the competitive landscape, and so you're really able to see all those kind of components and get a nice kind of overview of what's happening in our industry.
0: So, I've been working with Search Metrics for in a, in a variety of capacities for roughly three years. And, and when I first started working with the company, one of the things that the marketing team sort of hinged their promotion on was that Search Metrics had one of, the, if not the largest, SEO data sets for any company not named Google. Um, you mentioned that there's a billion queries. Tell us a little bit about how that's captured and, and a little about sort of the The data cleanliness. Before we get into what the uh, conclusions are for who are the winners and losers, how do you capture a billion queries?
1: Yeah, and this is this is kind of an interesting point as far as like us as an organization, because since our really creation and like the company formed, we've been crawling, storing, and owning all the data ourselves, which is a large endeavor and certainly you know not like a cheap endeavor either, but it's something that's been at the core very fundamental and like uh, something that both our founders and also like executives have been very rigid on wanting to maintain. And so this is not just as far as size of number of keywords, but also as far as like how long that we've been tracking and storing this data. So it's it's a it's a great resource for our clients in the sense of you know understanding broad domain levels comparisons. But then also, if you want to be getting insights and information that may be outside of what you're tracking for your own domain. And again, that's where it's like, I think there's a a lot of value that comes from the research cloud is you're able to not just see your individual website, but like the industry as a whole, as well as kind of like opening again and casting that net wider outside of what you may be tracking within kind of like the, the project section of the suite.
0: So I think that the important takeaway here is that while it's a large data set, it's a billion queries, it's also something that's been owned proprietarily by search metrics. So we're not cobbling together multiple data sets, but let's not talk about you know where the data is coming from, how we've captured it too much, what's a billion queries amongst friends. Let's talk about some of the trends that you've seen looking at the research cloud Uh, what did you notice for the beginning of the year and and what reports did you pull to try to triangulate who are the winners and the losers?
1: Yeah, and one of the things that I've been doing for a while is within our research cloud is you're able to look at just kind of like across the entire data set, what are the websites that have increased or decreased from the previous crawl? And this is our weekly refresh. So every... Sunday night, Monday morning, depending where you're located in the world, um, we do a refresh to this research club. And so I have just a report that goes out to myself for you know a few primary countries and markets. and obviously for, for today we're just going to kind of focus on the US market. But I have set up basically a dashboard that every Sunday night I get an email and it, it gives me a snapshot of who moved up and who moved down on a domain level. So, in this report, I basically have like, you know, who the top performing SEO visibility websites are, as well as like the absolute winners and losers, um, as far as like the highest net gains. And then also a relative winners and losers. So, more of a percentage of what their footprint is and how much of a change of the overall. Both of these are kind of interesting because one, you can see of like absolute gains from keeping, you know, not giving respect to the size of the site, but just who gained the most points, if you will. And then the other one's more like gives that relative kind of components. So then you understand a little bit more of like, wow, this domain has doubled what their visibility was, or they, have you know, lost half of their visibility. So it's interesting to see those kind of two lenses. And then the other thing too, just because, you know, it was recently released, was we really recently published an article on the blog that was looking at what the 2018 winners and losers was? This I thought was really interesting because one, beginning of the year, it's always nice to kind of take that retrospective look, put some context into how we're moving forward. But then, while I was looking at like what movements has happened in January, I also was seeing that a lot of the maybe winners or losers in January was actually on the reverse side of the list for the 2018 members. So I think that's something else that's always good to put in context as far as like, yeah, there may have been these movements on a monthly basis, but how does that fit into a larger vantage point? How does that fit into like the bigger picture? So I think for this session, I wanted to kind of focus a little bit more on what's going on in January, but I did also want to make some connections and context, and how that fit into the landscape from like a 2018 lens.
0: So what I'm hearing is that you're basically taking the 2018 winners and losers as your your baseline, as your benchmark to understand what's been happening in the industry to to do this analysis. And you're looking at four data points uh, on a weekly basis across the month to understand where there's been variance.
1: Exactly. And I think um, something else to kind of call out too is the primary KPI that I was looking at for this is our SEO visibility score. Um, and one of my colleagues, like he describes it as almost being kind of like a stock index where there's no absolute ceiling, but obviously zero is going to be kind of your floor. And it's essentially telling us what the Um, SEO footprint or what your reach is in search from an organic perspective. And what we take into account is in that score is if we're looking at a domain level, we're looking at the number of ranking keywords on that given domain. And then we're looking at what's the search volume of those individual queries or keywords. And then what position is this website ranking in? And then also what's going on with the SERP elements for that page. Because all those elements... Are going to have an impact into how that query or that keyword impacts your business. And one of the ways, or one of the reasons why I really like combining this with things like internal analytics is because it allows you to detect on changes that may be happening outside of page one. And on page one, that's basically where most all the traffic is going. But if you're making changes to the site and you see yourself moving from a position, or page 5 to a page 2, it's a good leading indicator as far as like the direction of the health. So when we're looking at what these winners and losers are, the main KPI that I'm looking at is this SEO visibility score. So I understand how is the reach of these different websites responding. And it's taking into account that demand or search volume of the terms, not just the the volume of keywords and the average position of those.
0: At the end of the day, SEO visibility is a proprietary score about how your site is performing and where your content is showing up and it gives you not necessarily a range, it's giving you an indication of of uh, you know how visible your content is, hence the name SEO visibility. Just for context, when we talk about the scores for SEO visibility, what's a uh, the range for best in class and and what is a uh, you know a Subpar score for visibility?
1: I mean, that, even though it sounds like a very simple question, um, I think that is very subjective because you have to take into account the size of a domain. So, you know, if you're looking for like the big players, like Wikipedia is going to be like the dominant one because they have such breadth as far as like the number of keywords that they rank for and the position that they typically rank for. So someone like Wikipedia is probably going to be like, and actually, I can I can pull up on kind of my, my list here. Um, Wikipedia, like week in week out, is our number one SEO like top visible website. Um, to give you an idea as far as what that volume is, it is just under fifty one million. Um, or,
0: Don't they get an SEO visibility score though?
1: Yeah. So the the visibility score for Wikipedia is, I mean. Exactly speaking, 51,298,785. Mm-hmm. And then you wanted to compare that to YouTube, they're sitting uh, just over 41 million. If we get into something that's more like an e commerce site, Amazon's close to 11 million. And then, you know, an example of someone like, let's say, Twitter, almost 7 million. Those are the huge. Big conglomerate players. But then if we kind of go down to something that's a little more, you know, still a very, very large site, but something like allrecipes.com, uh, now you're in the kind of 1.3 million range. Um so hopefully that gives a little context. Okay.
0: So the basically the 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 niche players are in the low millions and the mega web conglomerate you know dominating behemoth companies are maxing out at about 50 million in terms of their visibility score. Let's get down to your analysis. Let's talk about what's happened in January. Um, you know who who are the winners and who are the losers. What did you see from the analysis that you put together this month?
1: Yeah, so one of the one of the things that I that really jumped out at me and, and again this was actually starting from the 2018 winners and losers and we saw quite a bit of movement over the year in the media category. So this was one that I kind of kept an eye out in January to be like hey what's going on? And what I saw is actually a lot of large media sites actually declining in SEO visibility. So a couple ones to call out that I saw was com. So the last basically for the last month, they've had a pretty significant drop in what their visibility score was. like just in the last week, it was a 16% decline. However, we looked at that over, let's say like Q4, since September, they were increasing a fair amount. But we saw this fall in January for today.com. Then when we looked at another one that's actually been kind of on decline since uh, September, Q4 of last year, and it's continued to have you between probably a 5 to 10% decline for the last four weeks, is CNBC. And, you know, we could keep going on these. So a couple others, you know, very similar situations, CBS Local, as well as um, USA Today. Um, so we're seeing that some of these larger media news sites were actually kind of, Uh, had a little bit of a softening into January. But then, again, when you put into that, into context for the larger macro, is some of these can also be kind of fitting more into like recalibrations or kind of coming back down where there might have been an inflated rise and then it kind of falls back. But not all media sites were declining in January. And one to call out that actually started its its rise, but it's continued, or it stayed up in January, was msnbc.com. So that was one within the media area that had a strong Q4, and it's seeming, at least at this point of time, to be stable through January, where some of the other websites uh, were experiencing uh, a little more softening in performance.
0: Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So in general, you're seeing that the media companies as an industry have softened in January after having a strong Q4. And with the exception of MSNBC, which has continued to see its rise, what are some of the other takeaways that you've seen? Are there any other industries or companies that stuck out to you?
1: Yeah. And and some of the other ones too, I would say, even though it's a slightly, they're slightly different industries, it's a little bit more heavy in this informational intent where there's been a bit of a a movement in that kind of space. But another one that kind of jumped out at me was dictionary.com. And they've been on the winner's reports for the last four weeks in a row. So they've gained back some market share. But then, when I looked at their performance over the last year, they've been on this decline since the beginning of 2018. And they've had like a couple points where you have this like horseshoe looking curve in their visibility where they have a drop and it kind of comes back up. And when we look at dictionary.com for December, it dropped drastically. And now we're seeing them kind of regain a little bit of that um, market share from SEO perspective. However, they're still significantly down from where they were at the start of 2018.
0: Okay. Um, are there any other winners that you've seen? Anything that's specifically just jumping off the charts?
1: And actually, there's there's two that I wanted to call out. One as the winner to your, <laughs> to your question. And then another one that's another interesting kind of flip on performance. And it's on the loser's side. but. On the winter side, one website that's just really um, skyrocketed in the last six weeks is Rotten Tomatoes. And this website, I'm looking at the visibility score here and starting in the beginning of December, kind of mid-December to now, they've increased basically almost close to like 800,000 visibility points. And the last week alone, we saw a 17% increase, but they haven't had a down week in the last six weeks. Um, so this is one that actually from our data set is showing that they're reaching kind of an all-time high of visibility. So that's one that is relatively stable. you know. And if you went all the way back to 2014, Big increases; they kind of had a little bit of a falling off of a cliff, and then have remained at a somewhat consistent level. Um, but that's one that's really jumped up uh, in January of 2019.
0: So, so I have a theory about that. It, to me, just knowing, not having looked at a ton of the search visibility data, but knowing a little bit about you know the media and and the movie business. Uh, this is the best time of the year for the movies. You run into the holidays, you get the big winter Christmas blockbusters, and then you move right into the award season, you know, the capstone being the Oscars. Um, how much do you think seasonality plays into this? Or is that something that visibility score kind of normalizes out?
1: Um, excellent, excellent call out on that. Um, I mean, one thing, knowing knowing the industry and what you just said as there's this like surge and uh, surge volume and you know we could even go as far as actually looking at the individual keywords that are ranking on the domain and what's the seasonal nature of those and you know put data behind it to validate And they're absolutely going to see that from a traffic perspective of like what are their analytics showing on it. Mm -hmm. However, the search volume component that we're using in our SEO visibility calculation is we're actually taking the average monthly search volume for it. So we're normalizing that search volume across the year. So you don't have those seasonal swings. And this is really helpful in the sense of if I want to compare my website from a couple weeks back, and I don't necessarily want to have that seasonal component where it's like, oh, I'm only able to compare back to last year at this time frame, by taking the average or the monthly average or into our SEO visibility, it allows us to actually see what's my week over week performance change. And there could be whole sections of the site that maybe you didn't have last year when the seasonal component was hitting or it would be a more consistent comparison. So when we're looking at SEO visibility, if I never had that coverage last year, I can't do a year-to-year comparison to take into that seasonal component. However, if I'm using a monthly average search volume in the SEO visibility calculation, I can see how I'm trending over the last couple of weeks. And when you come into a more of like putting this into action to it, obviously, like every SEO wants to know, how are these changes that I'm making with my dev team or with other parties, other stakeholders in the business? How are they impacting and am I trending in the right way? SEO visibility is going to take out that seasonal component. It's going to give you a new lens and more of a leading variable to understand your website's performance. And then, always advocating, and I always advocate to to clients and others to be comparing this and combining this with your actual traffic. It's one KPI that leads into this overall vision or um, viewpoint of what the website's doing.
0: So essentially what you're saying is that the SEO visibility metric works on something similar to a rolling average, which normalizes out the seasonality component meaning Rotten Tomatoes is actually increasing their visibility as opposed to going through a seasonal peak.
1: Exactly. And since we saw this huge surge in SEO visibility, and we also know that it has an, also a surge in search volume, this is the best possible time for them to have an increased performance is because you know that they're capitalizing on that more than they would have maybe six months ago
0: the takeaway here i think is that rotten tomatoes is going to be our winner of the month so if you're the vp of marketing at rotten tomatoes go give your seo a hug <laughs> let's talk about the flip side who are some of the uh, companies that have struggled or the industries that have struggled this month
1: yeah and so i mean we started out talking about the media companies and there was that group of you know five large media companies that you know we saw some softening and then again, um, today.com, cnbc.com, cbslocal.com, ustoday.com, and cnn. But the one loser that really jumped out to me and I thought was really interesting is corda.com. And core.com is an interesting story. Um, and again, it's one that uh, my colleague, uh, Sebastian Neger, is like always kind of like bringing up in different conversations because some of the growth that they've had uh, since the beginning of 2018 has been tremendous. They had this excellent, excellent 2018 year. They were on our uh, winner's list for 2018. They have the challenge of using user-generated content, which is a very tricky beast, especially in this world of content quality and relevancy. But what we saw is... Dating back, and look at the exact date, on uh, January 6th, they've been on this really sharp decline. And the last week, they went down 18%. But at January 6th, they were sitting just below a million. And actually, it was at 927,000 for their SEO visibility score. And now they're sitting at 414,000. So, they've almost lost half or a little bit over half of their SEO visibility in four weeks' time. Um, So, this I would definitely say was like a big kind of a big change. And obviously, then that kind of sparks a bunch more questions as far as where is that drop happening? And because the nature of the Quora site is you have a lot of, you have a very wide net of content that's on it. And when we looked into the winners and losers for Quora.com over these time periods, one of the consistent elements that we were finding was a decrease in what we would term as navigational queries. So, if someone's uh, doing something like uh, UPS tracking, you know that's a that would be considered a navigational term because you know they're interested. You think of UPS as a brand you know, it's navigating within a section of that website. Mm-hmm. So although they've had this sharp decline, I mean, I would be concerned with it at Quora, but I guess there is some silver lining that if this drop is happening in a lot of uh, navigational type terms, the the impact on the actual traffic is maybe not as as significant as in some of those other areas. And what I mean by this is, like, some of the keywords that had really high search volume that they're no longer ranking on is something like Hotmail login or FedEx tracking. And FedEx tracking, as like one example, dropped over 95 positions, so they're no longer in the top 50. It has a monthly average search volume almost 5.5 million, so that is a huge impact into the SEO visibility. Is like a one single keyword. However, how much traffic were they really getting for a FedEx tracking? If the user clearly wants to know, hey, here's my package uh, tracking number. I need to see where it's at. Right. So I think this comes into this like relevancy, user intent. Um, you know, and in some of these two, you can make the case that there could be a, a content quality element.
0: So basically what you're saying is that Quora's overall visibility might have decreased, but the traffic and the quality of the traffic that they're getting did not necessarily take an equivalent
1: hit. Exactly. Like I, I think your wording there is, uh, is exactly right. Equivalent hit is going to be the piece, being that not all of the keywords that they dropped on are navigational, and some are definitely keywords that they want to have presence on. I'm, I'm sure that they are experiencing some loss here, but it's not as drastic as what I believe that we're seeing in SEO visibility.
0: Okay. So Tyson, any other last uh, comments or things that you've noticed about uh, the winners or losers for January?
1: No, I think um, as far as the, the websites that jumped out, um, I think there are a few gems in there, just like what's going on in the industry. But for me, like I think the most interesting takeaway from this was seeing this comparison of what's going on in January, and then how that relates to maybe like a three-month or a twelve-month scale, because um, again, we can see these outliers, and it'll be interesting to look at someone like Rotten Tomatoes. Like, are they able to stabilize with that increase? And as Google's making, you know, a lot of changes on the content quality and relevancy that we've been seeing over the last. I mean, you could argue 12 months, six months, it'll be interesting which ones stick and which ones really stabilize this performance. Um, And that goes for both the ones that increased as well as the ones that have decreased.
0: All right. Well, I think our takeaways here is this month's winner is the SEO who manages the Rotten Tomatoes domain. Congratulations. Uh, If you're hearing this or if somebody shares it to you, we'd love to have you on the show to hear what you're doing. To drive the type of increase in visibility that you've seen, and on the flip side, uh, you know, to the SEO managers working at Quora, hopefully the impact to your traffic isn't as much as what we've seen in the decrease in your visibility. But hey, if you need some help, call us. We're always here. And with that said, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Tyson Stockton, Search Metrics' Director of Services. If you'd like to learn more about Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can send him a tweet at Tyson underscore Stockton. That's T-Y-S-O-N underscore S-T-O-C-K-T-O-N on Twitter. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. If you have general marketing questions, or if you want to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in the show, or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Schaap. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed next week. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd be honored if you'd leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts.